This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. So I went to, to Vanderbilt with the intent of being a broadcast meteorologist. I took atmospheric physics my freshman year oh my of school. Gosh. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Right, what's not the what one I'm thing from <laughs> atmospheric physics that applies to NASCAR? Is there anything? There, I don't think there's anything. <laughs> you probably have a better feel on the weather now. Come on. Welcome to Kelly Earnhardt Miller's Fast Lane Family presented by Wella Professionals. Salon care products that you can experience with your senses. Get high performance you can see, touch, and sense. Welcome to this week's Fast Lane family. Excited to talk to Miss Laura Scott today, who's the media relations for my brother Dale on the cup side of things at Hendrick Motorsports. And don't forget, we've got our tip of the week brought to you by Wella Professionals. We're going to tell you how to create the perfect red carpet look. So I'm excited about that. I need the perfect red carpet look from time to time. How are you today, Laura? I'm good. A little bit tired. We just landed from Las Vegas around 3.30 in the morning. So oh, gosh. I'm doing all right. <laughs> I do not envy you at all in that regard. Yeah, well, this, this West Coast swing we've got at the, the first, the start of the season is going to. That's going to be the death of you because you, you just come in <laughs> off of Vegas, headed into Phoenix, and then California afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all, uh, you know, in the off season, I think we're all ready to come back. You know, we're like, let's get back to the routine. And then you've got Daytona, and then you go Vegas, Phoenix, California. They're going to keep us out there between Phoenix and California. Probably makes so, sense. So you just come out with a bang, and you're like, holy <laughs> cow, what was I looking forward to? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, where did my life go? <laughs> All right, so let me tell my listeners a, a little bit about Laura. I guess what I was thinking in my mind is it takes a caravan to take care of, of Dell Jr. Mm-hmm. Many of his fans know myself and Mike Davis and, and of course, TJ and, and now Tyler. But behind the Hendrick 88 team, Twitter is Laura. Yes. And uh, Laura's been doing this with Dell for seven years yeah seven years right? i started with uh with hendrick motorsports at the end of 2008 so phoenix um in november of 2008 was my first race with uh with dale and hendrick motorsports and so laura does the media relations side really all things media for dale as it relates to to hendrick motorsports and his cup driver and all the sponsors and all that kind of thing so you travel each and every weekend and you even travel to various other media things like the new york tour after daytona's win last year and mm-hmm. things like that as well yep yeah so. Yeah, no, we stay busy. We stay busy. Uh, we collectively call ourselves Team Junior, and I think, like <laughs> you said, it takes a village. But uh, no, it's a uh, it's a it's a great team, and you know, with Tyler and Mike Davis, and um, even Dale's motor coach driver Kenny. You know, we're all kind of this <laughs> this this group that collectively gets Dale to where he needs to be and do what he needs to do. And you know, my role with Hendrick Motorsports and doing. Dale's cup media, you know, there's so much overlap with what he's got, you know, here at Junior Motorsports or on the personal side of of things. So there's so much overlap with what, you know, Mike Davis and I working together and and Tyler with what he's doing, you know, managing Dale's schedule and everything like that. So, yeah, we're we're collectively one big group called Team Junior that, that makes everything happen. It's pretty interesting because I don't think people realize, you know, like you said, there, there's so many people involved, but, you know, even like on a race weekend and you talk about Kenny, Dale's motorhome driver, you know, you guys actually will, you know, seek out ways to get to certain places if he's got appearances and seek out the best way to go in the venue or the best way around the track and how you can get through security and this, that, mm-hmm. and the other to make it as easy and seamless and quick as possible between all the things that Dale has to do at track. Yeah, well, people- <laughs> Most people don't realize it's difficult to get Dale from point A to point B sometimes, even if it's a, you know, a 20 foot walk from the hauler to his um, garage stall. It's, 
it, it takes a lot of work and being like, all right, what's the easiest way to get here to there? And where's the least amount of hiccups or whatever that you may run into along right. the way? So yeah, it, <laughs> that is a big part of our lives. It's, it's not just the media, but it's getting him from point A to point B. Yeah. And, I know when I've been walking in crowds, I just step all the way back yeah. and, you know, because, uh, you know, the fans of course want to get to him and then you guys are meeting time obligations that you've got certain things set up. So you've got to be, you know, mm -hmm. on time to whatever it is, um, especially with the media, because you're usually sometimes those things are live and, yep. you know, you've got uh, multiple people uh, waiting in the wings. So, you know, the the fans thinking, oh, it's my time to get Dell's autograph. And you guys are like, whoa, wait a minute. We got to be somewhere in three minutes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But like getting him from point A to point B. Yeah. That's what's uh that's what's difficult and the timing and stuff on that. But yeah, that yeah, it can get crazy. So let's talk about, um, I'm, I'm curious to know, I have a few things that I'm curious about. So you went to Vanderbilt I in did. Tennessee. <laughs> and so how did Vanderbilt pump out a, a public relations gal into NASCAR? I know. And that's what, when people are like, how did you get to this job? You know, I'll see it on Twitter. I'll have, you know, people reach out to me like, how did you get to where you're at? And I'm like, it is the most random story ever like I grew up uh, in a suburb just north of Indianapolis so I grew up you know the Indy 500 and open wheel like the Unser's the Andretti's I didn't know anything about NASCAR we we really didn't know much about it until Indy got the brickyard and then we were starting to be like what is this you know and there was a little bit of a snobbish attitude about it too of like who are these you know what is this NASCAR like who are they coming into Indianapolis on our hallowed ground these rednecks are yeah. coming up here <laughs> from the south but yeah so there, I didn't really know much about it and um, I originally wanted to be a broadcast meteorologist like there was no sports in my future I played sports I was a swimmer you know uh, I grew up in a very sports-minded family but I, uh, I was like, I wanted to get out of Indiana, and I wanted to go to a good school. So I went to, to Vanderbilt and um, with the intent of being a broadcast meteorologist. I took atmospheric physics my freshman year oh my of school. Gosh. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Right, what's not the what one I'm thing from atmospheric <laughs> physics that applies to NASCAR? Is there anything? There, I don't think there's anything <laughs> other than, I mean, we were... You measuring. probably have a better feel on the weather now. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, during my senior year of high school, I actually interned at the Fox affiliate there. And I would kind of dabble in a little bit of the sports department and help them out where needed. But um, while I was at Vanderbilt, there really wasn't a PR or a communications or a broadcast field. I just was like, I want to go to a good school and, and, and study for four years. Um, I ended up working in the athletic department at Vanderbilt. So I was uh, I was working at every home football game, basketball game, baseball game, just helping out in the uh, the media relations department there wherever I could because I was like, oh, there's kind of a tie here. I want to go into, you know, broadcasting and, and their media relations. So that was the still intent was to go into like kind of I kind of changed into sports broadcasting and I got more internships. You know, I worked in Phoenix in their sports department. And then the summer before my senior year of college, I, um, I got an internship with what was NASCAR Images. It is now NASCAR Productions. I, I think they've changed the name again. NASCAR Media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so doing like all things broadcast for NASCAR. And I ended up doing that for that summer. And then when I was graduating, they sent me a note and said, we would like to hire you. So I kind of went behind the, the scenes and behind, you know, doing some producing for different shows. Like, I don't know if anyone remembers totally NASCAR and uh, NASCAR nation and all those shows that, and some of them that still exist like NASCAR race day uh, when it used to be a studio show in Charlotte. Now they're at the track. But so that's what I started doing. 
And then um, after two or three years with them, I was like, I want to get back to the, the media relations side of things. So I, I, I was hired by Childress, Richard Childress Racing, in 2007 and went to work on the nationwide side, or the Xfinity side, which is now the Xfinity <laughs> side, with uh, Jeff Burton and Scott Wimmer doing the, uh, the Holiday Inn program, the number 29 car there. So... So in those first few, yeah, in those it's first few years. It's the most random story. It's not random. You're in the right place at the right yeah. time. Yeah. Right? I was like, all these random, random decisions <laughs> that I made in, in high school and in internships that led to what I am here today. So I don't know how I got here, but I got here. And so has being a broadcast meteorologist ever crossed your mind again? Or are you just been happy with what you're doing? I'm happy with what I'm doing. I, I kind of wonder where I would be now if I had pursued that. But I think, it's probably, I think it's probably best for everybody that I did not do that. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds pretty fun and interesting. Yeah, that's what. Uh, I'm always wondering how they're, you know, they're reading off, the meteorologists are reading off camera and they've got these green screen things and they're pointing. Well, and everything's <laughs> backwards too. Yeah. I, I remember yeah. when my internship, yeah. like they, they had me do it a couple of times. If I could find those videos now, I'd probably be totally embarrassed by what you're I was doing. You're pointing in North Carolina and you're yeah, in you're California. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're pointing and you're, you're, cause you're looking at basically yourself in a mirror right. and trying to do it, uh, replicated on a green screen where you don't see anything yeah my seems yeah. like you would have to have pretty good coordination <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah no that's probably for the best that I did not end up doing that <laughs> so you worked with Jeff Burton and I was talking when you came in one of my favorite shows last year was Kim Burton so uh -huh. I'm assuming you got to know them both you know pretty well yeah. and uh she, it was just fascinating to me to to talk with her and and how she kept up with it all behind the scenes Jeff, gosh, what a nicer guy. Yeah, man. I love the Burtons. Yeah. They were, I mean, just a great family. He's such a smart guy, like such a smart guy. I mean, you'd have debate. I remember having a, there was a flight. We flew up to New York to have a shoot a commercial, and, and he had a teenage daughter at the time and going through all the trials and tribulations of having <laughs> a, a teenage daughter. And I, I think I was 24 or 25 at the time and talking him through that and all these life you know, debates and stuff that you would have that you would never expect to have with, with you know, Jeff Burton, right? you know, talking about different political situations <laughs> and stuff like that. You're like, I can't, I mean, they're great. He's such an intelligent guy and it was such, such fun working with them. And they're a great family and a, a great example of a marriage. Like I just thought yes. they were so adorable, like adorable family. Yeah. Yeah. We talked a lot about that mm -hmm. just how they keep all that together. And she said something that just stuck out in my mind for married people or not married people is that, you know, they both want the best for each other. And mm -hmm. that's how quickly, that's how simple she explained it is. I'm, I always have the intent and want the best for him. And he always has the intent and wants the best for me. And mm -hmm. therefore it works and goes when one of those is lost, then, you know, something starts getting lost yeah. in yeah. relationships. No, so. just, yeah. Hearing their stories of how they met and how <laughs> yeah. they flirted and I stuff. Know. And you'd still see that they'd be out on like the grid and you'd see that flirting. I'm like, you guys look like you're teenagers. You're adorable. <laughs> These are the good behind the scenes yes. things that yes, uh, they're you get to see. Yes. So what was the transition like? How'd you get the job, I guess, at Hendrick and, and transitioning into a role with Dale? Yeah. Um, at the time, I, I mean, I was, I loved working at Childress and I, you know, it was such a great place to work. And it was at the end of the 2008 season, like kind of that summer, some of the folks at Hendrick started reaching out to me, like, do you, you know, this, this is becoming, this position with Dale's coming open. Is this something you'd be interested in? And I kind of put it off. I was like, no, you know, I'm happy with what I'm doing. And, and the more I kind of thought about it, I was like, okay, I should. I'll just take this leap and, and, and see how it, how it goes. And yeah, I ended up getting the job and 
uh, and coming to work with Hendrick and it it was it was different <laughs> that's for sure Jeff and Jeff Jeff and Dale you know Dale in 2008 was a little bit different but what was there something like what made you kind of hesitate and pause over you know, because it, you know these fans that are listening are like, "Oh God, if I gotta, if I can get a job with Dale Jr., I take it in a heartbeat." You know. Yeah. Well, um, the big thing is just your life. I mean, I was doing the what is now the Xfinity series. You're home on Sundays, yeah. And, and you know, coming up to you know Cup, I knew, you know, you're working with the most popular driver and and Hendrick Motorsports. The demands on my time were going to be a lot different, and was I up to that challenge? You know, you've got this kind of feeling. You're like, I, I feel like I'm good at my job. I feel like I'm I'm good at what I do. But at the same time, you're like, am I good enough to work with Dale and take on this huge responsibility? So I think that was my initial hesitation. Was just one, this is going to change my life and how many days I'm on the road. You know, it is a big difference yeah. to go be at home on a, a Sunday versus you know, and just the extra demands that are on his time because of uh, all of his obligations yeah. to the media and to his cut partners. So that was, I think my initial hesitation. It wasn't anything with him, but it was, this is going to be a huge responsibility and a huge so life what, change. What got you over that? What? I don't know what it was, but I think it was just kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to take on this challenge. I, I think, I don't know what, if it was just an internal thing where I said, okay, I'm ready to do this. Yeah. This is, this is something that, you know, I'm working toward, you know, and I was young too. I was 26, I think when I took, the job and I think you're just kind of Gosh, scared yeah. that you're like am I ready for this yeah. and you know there's a lot of people who are out there that are I'm like are they more qualified than me but you know Hendrick thought that I was qualified and, and so I was like you know I'm gonna take this chance I'm gonna I'm gonna awesome. do it yeah that's cool that's a good cool yeah. story let's spend a couple of minutes talking about uh, uh women I get this all the time you know women in our sport and being a male-dominated sport you know what's your what's your view on that and and how you know, does that affect you in working amongst everybody in the sport? I, I definitely think there's some challenges to being a, a female working in the sport. Uh, for me, it was kind of an easy transition. I've been in, I have two brothers, so I've been around boys. I think it is a little different <laughs> the way they talk, the way they act, and, you know, the the way they the, think, the, the way they think, <laughs> everything about a boy. But then I've been in, you know, I was, I grew up swimming and that's, a male and female sport so you're around both and and then going into broadcasting I feel like that's also a male dominated field but I, I think there's great opportunities I think I I mean I've only been in the sport about 10 years and I'm sure how long you've been in the sport yeah, growing up in the sport it, yeah. you're probably seeing more females in the in the sport and in the garage and but yeah I find it easy for me I don't I mean I don't know if it's just because I I have a dry sense of humor and I can talk <laughs> like a guy probably, but yeah, I don't just know. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. I, I mean, I, I think it's amazing, you know, with, you know, women like you, uh, women in roles, you yeah. know, that are, you know, I guess not of power, but, of you know, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's great makers. to see. Yeah. Decision yeah. makers, yeah. I guess is what yeah. you're looking for. You know, so it, it is, I think it's good to see. I mean, what do you think? Do you think that you've seen a change and you've obviously been well, in the sport a long time, it, yeah, much think, longer time than I have. I think it's kind of coincided with just culture in general that, mm -hmm. you know, the opportunities to, you know, for women to be alongside men in different roles and share the same roles and do the same jobs, you know, is I think our sport 
is really keeping up with society, I think, mm-hmm. and um, those opportunities. And I don't know, it's just, it's still human nature, I think, to have that stereotype of it, even within here. And, you know, we've changed our uh, media relations department up over the winter. And I automatically see that as a woman's role. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. I'm thinking of creativity and organization and all these things that are in my mind. And, of course, I've got Mike Davison over here. He's the <laughs> most creative person I've ever right. met in my life. But, you know, there, there's still those stereotypes that you go, okay, men are good for this and women are good for this type of thing and these roles in the sport but I think that still is true that you think of women for certain roles and you think of men for certain roles and when we start changing that with females you know being there's what just a small handful that are out as mechanics and Mm -hmm. whatever they are tire specialists and engineers and things like that when we see those roles start reversing like that and kind of being populated on both sides you know that'll be a big difference yeah that'll I think change the landscape for us and really see where we're filtrating in those different areas, you know, with Mm -hmm. women. So I think that'd be cool. What advice, because you think your story's random, (laughs) but I think your story is kind of in the right place at the right time. But, you know, do you get asked about being involved in the sport and how to be involved? I I know I do. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I see it on Twitter and I'll see, you know, fans will ask me. The biggest thing I always say is I feel like I got how I got to where I'm at because people gave me an opportunity. Um, and, and I work for free, you know, That's like got, internships. Yep. Like yep. I say, get an internship. And if someone's willing to give you a shot and, and help you out, like there's nothing better than an internship. I, you know, I worked for, I said a year at the Fox affiliate in Indianapolis. I wasn't getting paid. I worked for a summer at the Fox affiliate in Phoenix, wasn't getting paid. And I think I was making minimum wage when I was working at NASCAR Productions and that's only because they knew I was living in North Carolina with you know I'd renting some place just to get an opportunity and work so I think that's the biggest thing is is internships and and just getting as much experience as you can because I you know I went to a great school for four years but everything I think I've learned has been through on site yeah just getting in there and and learning the business it was you know all the stuff that I did, you know, for free work and internships that I feel like is what taught me the most, yeah. more so than, you know, four years of school. Right. I tell people the same thing. It's like really, my thing is like network, you mm-hmm. know, any kind of event that you can go to or volunteer at or help through. I mean, like you said, you, you know, intern or and offer your services up and just get involved in avenues like that where you can meet people that then can see your work ethic and your abilities and all that kind of thing to then see you through to a next step to give you another opportunity mm-hmm. I think is real important because, because our business yeah. is a is a word of mouth business mm-hmm. you know that old adage who you know type of thing but it's who you know because you get to see this skill set and you get to see their abilities yeah to it, offer them to somebody else yeah it happens all the time where someone will come up to you and say hey we got an application from so-and-so do you know anything about yeah, them yeah. you know you could even be like I don't know them as a person but I've heard nothing but great things right. about them and that right. even something as simple as that can go a long yeah. way in this sport but yeah it's such a tight community that I think kind of once you're once you're in and once you, you know, you've proven yourself that you're a hard worker, then, uh, you know, you can go anywhere in the sport. Yeah. But yeah, internships. So life on the, <laughs> life on the road with Dale for seven years. Yes. Um, you guys are by his side pretty much, I don't know, let's see, probably half the weekend you're spending time I mean whether you're sitting in meetings or sitting around waiting for him to come out of a meeting to get him to the next place or whatever it is. Yes. Um, think of some different stories do you have a favorite media opportunity that you've done over the years um 
my favorite media opportunity that I, I that I think I'm most proud of, even though I don't feel like I did much work <laughs> with it, it was all Dale. Was uh, we did the Note to Self. The the CBS this morning has a a feature called Note to Self, where they ask the subject to write a letter to their younger self, and and Dale did his to his 16 year old self. I believe it was 16. Yeah. It was either 15 or 16. And everyone always asked me, did you write that? Did you help him write that? I said, absolutely not. That was all 100% Dale. All I did was say, here's this opportunity. And I gave him one example of a, of a painter that had done it before. And he's like, wow, this is really cool. I'm nervous about this. But I think it was having that trust, you know, that relationship where he could trust it. I was like, I think this is a great opportunity. And I think you'll be amazing at this. Um, and, and he took the chance and he did it. And I thought... You know, it was brilliant when he first read me that letter. I'll never forget it. He he wrote it and he read it to me in the lounge and at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And he's like, I'm kind of nervous about this. I was like, just give me a minute. I had no idea what to expect. I was like, just, you know, I'm going to react how I react or whatever. But I I was bawling in the middle of this. Like, okay, I was so embarrassed. I was like, okay, this is this is super emotional and super that he he got that in depth. with it. I thought it was phenomenal. And I I think the response was great. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, I still have it on my DVR. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I come across it. Well, I I'm like, why am I saving this? Oh, yeah, that's why I'm saving this. <laughs> yeah, it was that memorable. I remember where it even aired. We were in Chicago for, we do the Chase Across America, mm-hmm. and I remember airing that day, and I'm texting Dale's girlfriend, Amy, and being like, it's on, you know, with the time change, yeah. and trying to figure out, and I think text, I think you were in the text, maybe, but uh and him texting and saying, no, that was great. I'm glad we did that. And he said that you, I think you and your mom had cried. Right, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, then you know it's a success. <laughs> you made so, us cry. You're yeah, successful. you made it. So talk more specifically, I think, about your role and how those things come about. You know, do you seek those kinds of things out? I know, you know, a lot of them are people approach you. And in the process of, you know, um, getting down involved in those things. And then also what, maybe not in that case of note to self, but some of the things that you do that what support do you have to provide you know, in a certain situation. Like with my role with Dale, it's, I have a lot coming to me, a lot of opportunities coming, you know, uh, to us. So it's a lot of it. It's filtering out and kind of looking at the opportunity and saying, how does this fit in with what, what we're doing right now, what Dale's brand's doing right now. So that's where I say when it takes kind of a village with, you know, I may say that an opportunity may come my way and I may say, this isn't right for the, what we're doing on the cut program, but I know that Mike and, and Dale's junior motorsports program or the brand may have, this may work in something there. So it's a lot of kind of filtering through some of that stuff. But at the same time, it's also taking a look at what's going to be best for Dale. What else can we put out there? What yeah. opportunities can we pitch and, you know, go out there and try to try to get that's working with what we've got going on? So there's a little bit of, of both. Like we were just up in, in New York uh, right before the season started. To, it was the road to Daytona to promote the Daytona 500. And one of the things, you know, Dale's big into barbecue. And like I was like, let's approach stuff like that. Like right, So we did the Rachel Ray show. And, you know, that's this kind of stuff where you have to kind of think, well, what's going to be good for Dale? Not let's just do stuff just to do stuff. Right. It's right. really kind of taking a look at what you've, what opportunities you've got and how it's going to fit and how it's going to work both for both parties. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with going to Twitter. He had his one year Twitterversary is what they called it and doing a big thing with them. So that it's, it's just that kind of stuff is looking at the opportunities that you have. And, you know, when you go to New York, all of the media of the world is basically right. centered in New York. So what opportunities are there that are going to work? best for Dale's interest. Ultimately, if he's enjoying it, it's going to be 
a success. Yeah, you know, exactly. that, I mean, what it's what it kind of boils down to. You don't want him doing something that he's not going to enjoy or he's going to be uncomfortable doing. So it's kind of looking at all that of what's going to work best for, you know, our partners, for his brand, and what's he going to enjoy doing as well. I think the Twitter example is a, a, a good one to talk through. So when he decided to get on Twitter, I had no idea that he was going to do it that <laughs> night. Did you have any idea? Well, that was the thing. Sort is, of. Well, yeah, we were down in Daytona and there had been kind of the, you know, the joking and, and we he had done a sit down interview with Michael Waltrip on the days leading into the Daytona 500 for the pre-race and the whole like, oh, I'll join Twitter if I win the Daytona yeah. 500. And it was kind of like at that moment when he won, you're like, oh my gosh, is he serious about right. this? Was he really serious? And, and, and he was, and you know, with that Daytona 500, one, there's all the excitement of the fact that he just won the Daytona 500 and all the media that comes with it. And we had had that rain delay. So it's now, once we were wrapping up with everything, we were in his motor coach. It was a Dale, Amy, myself, and a, the writer from Sports Illustrated. And it's about two-something yeah. in the morning. And we're wrapping up what became the Sports Illustrated uh, cover interview. And he's like, all right, this is this is as good a time to do it. Let's just do this. And he had taken a selfie in victory lane with the trophy. And that's what, yeah, that's what kicked it off. And he, yeah, he was, it was this kind of like whole staring and crafting at like the initial, the initial tweet, but yeah, we did it. It took we off did, with it. It yeah. took off with it. Yeah. I think it's just, it's so funny because we had been having conversations leading up to that prior, you know, the month and two prior. And of course everybody's like, you know, there's three people in on Twitter and when are they going to get on Twitter? NASCAR yeah. drivers. And you know, Mike, we've had, we were having conference calls with Twitter and, you know, how to make an entry and what do you, you know, what works best and this, that, and the other. And even that morning at the racetrack, Kevin Harvick, I was talking to him about something. He pulls me aside and he's like, you know, we got to get your brother on Twitter, <laughs> you know, and he's telling me all these things. He's like, you know, it, you, he, he can use it for this and he can do for that. And he can do for this and it can do for this. And it makes this so much easier and da, 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 da. And so I'm, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, we'll set up a meeting later and we'll, you know, try to, we'll talk one more time to him. And then I wake up that next morning because I had left, I probably left, I think it was on the last HMS flight, mm -hmm. one, one thirty in the right. morning or something. We got out of the media center and I wake up that next morning. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> he did it. He did it. <laughs> we don't need to have that meeting now. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I mean, the but way then the next thing that we had to do was figure out how we were all going to use it and how it was all going to work because, exactly. you know, to the point of you know, as soon as sponsors see them on there, sponsors are like, oh, how do we get a, to be yeah. a part of this? And all the different players that are within it, oh, we want you to do this, we want you to do that. And Dale's like, nope, keeping it organic and simple right now. <laughs> and it almost worked out perfectly. We had, we went on, I don't know if anyone knows this, but after winning the Daytona 500, you go on this media tour. Well, I'm sure everyone saw it on Twitter, but yeah, you fly, you know, you're up the next morning, you fly to New York, you go to Bristol, Connecticut, we were in LA, we were in Texas, you know, Phoenix, we were all over That's the place. Crazy. And the beauty of that was though, uh, there's so much time on the plane, which he has Wi-Fi on, on his plane and being able to kind of teach him Twitter. Yeah. And I mean, he took off like a Twitter superstar. I'm like, he's leading <laughs> Twitter chats. I'm like, and created his two-time Daytona 500 champion, that hashtag all on his own. And I mean, he took off like a Twitter superstar. He's been, and he was watching it behind the scenes. He had to have been. <laughs> I mean, he asked some simple questions here and there. And then I feel like I am now learning from him right. and how great he is. And, and I, I mean, I've always thought he's a phenomenal writer, and it, like you saw with the note to self. And I think he's just so witty yeah. in writing, you know. Oh, he gets Maybe. mad at us now if we don't tell him about things. He's like, <laughs> I could tweet that. Why didn't you tell me that? Right. It's like, 
Right, exactly. And now we've got to be 24-7 thinking about what we're going to tell him so he can be thinking about what he wants to tell other people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is, like, he's great about if you send him, like, hey, you might find this interesting. Yeah. This is what our partners have going on. He'll Drum push it, it out right in his own language. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. like, I could – we could – craft tweets all we wanted but he's gonna create it in his own yeah in his own well, language in his own way yeah and yep. it's it's 100 percent authentic yep. to him and like i i think twitter's been a great tool in letting people see that side that of scale that him. they yep. may not yep. they may not know yep definitely i agree with you there what about a memorable race is it going to be the daytona 500 or is it going to be something different um <laughs> the I remember because I worked, you know, I worked with Dale starting in two, at the end of 2008. And when we finally got that first win together mm-hmm. in Michigan, I think that'll forever be memorable. And I remember thinking, I think it had rained that day, too. And I remember I, we were supposed to be in our Hendrick blue shirts. And I, my sponsors at the time were like, let's just wear the Batman. I was wearing this green Batman shirt. And I was like, oh, I hope I don't get in trouble. And of course we go to victory lane and I've got this green Batman shirt. And I was like, oh gosh, of course we would win when I'm not in my uniform <laughs> that I'm supposed to wear on race day. So I think that'll forever be a great memory. But I, I think we were just, we were so far ahead. And I think we just kind of knew in the closing laps, I'm like, we're going to win this thing. And it wasn't as thrilling as that Daytona 500 win and how that excitement that he had. And I just remember, and it still gives me chills. They always use that audio clip of him being like, oh, yeah. yeah. And that still gives me chills. The excitement that, you know, I got into victory lane and you see Amy's there and she's got tears in your eyes and you're hugging. And then you see, you know, Steve Latart's wife, Trisha, come in and you give her a hug and just so much excitement. You were there, you know, Kenny, his yeah. motor coach driver, everybody that's there that, cares about Dale and cares about that team and you knew the excitement that he had. So I think that and that emotion that, I mean, I'm kind of getting curious. I know, (laughs) but I think, I think that I think will forever probably be the biggest memory and the most important or most special memory because you knew how much it meant to him and that team and everybody that cares about Dale and wants the best for him was just so excited and so emotional for that yeah and and it was Stevie's last Daytona 500 too so that was very special it was I think I think that'll have to probably go down as the most special (laughs) even though (laughs) Michigan was great but that Daytona 500 win yeah absolutely has there been a time when he's just just made you really mad Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One that you can tell us about. <laughs> um, I'm trying to even think if this would be uh, my first. So we do a media day. It's the the Thursday before we kick off the Daytona Speed Weeks, and and I know doing basically eight hours of media is probably the lowest uh, Dale's favorite things to do. Um, he had been down in Key West and had just flown in that morning, and he was just. A, a bear and I'm like oh god this is great this is my first media day I'm nervous as it is because you want everything to you know run smoothly and I think I think that was probably the one where I was just like oh my god oh my god just get me through this and I think every PRF still has not let me down I mean I was holding rooms because you how this is all set up is there's rooms where all of our media pro, um, broadcast partners have rooms and they're getting the interviews and photos and stuff that you'll see throughout the year I mean I would like duck in curtains and be like, oh, this, we're coming with Dale and, you know, knifing people. Like I, people still do not let me live this down, you know, eight years later, seven years later, whatever this is that they're like, oh God, we just got juniored. You know, that's <laughs> like a term for it where I like, I, I cut someone in line or something like that. I was like, I don't want him waiting. Oh, I just want to get him through this as quick as I possibly can. And I think we ended the day like an hour early because I was just 
You're making it we happen. Me, I think I, it was me and Mike Davis, I think, tag teaming and be like, go hold that room, go hold that room. All right, I'm holding this room. So I think it's sometimes we'd have like two or three rooms on hold, like so that other drivers couldn't go in. And we, but yeah. You're messing everybody else's <laughs> plan up that yeah. was trying to get done oh, yeah. early. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this year, randomly, we actually ran over and I was like, oh, gosh, I hope he's okay with this. I think we, we got done about that year. <laughs> got, we got done about 30 minutes later than what, you know. I, I, we, we had planned to and he he's talking to me he's like that was fun I'm like say what he's like that was really fun that was a fun day and I was like all right great <laughs> this is exciting <laughs> it wasn't I, I don't I can't remember the the circumstance maybe weeks ago and we were texting something and I'm like whoa wait a minute are you sick is this my brother <laughs> are, are you somebody got your phone yeah yeah because <laughs> who's you know, saying these words yeah you know <laughs> Six seven years ago, I knew that that was the least yeah. fun day of his out of the year. But well, yeah, I he think had fun you know running well and having that confidence, and they you know they say it over and over, but it all it makes just your mental outlook on everything right. a lot better and things a lot funner and well, especially like media day, all you're doing is talking about yeah. your season coming up and you know if you're predicting what yeah, you're going to do, and, how it's going to be, how's it going to work. It, it helps when you've got <laughs> a you know a successful team and you know you're excited about yeah. the season, getting it all. You know, it was uh, things were a little bit different in you know 2009 when you know yeah, coming over to yeah. Hendrick and kind of the struggles that happened there. So, I, I mean, no one wants to talk about that for yeah. eight years how you've been kind of struggling and didn't come out with the the, the bang the bang that everybody expected, you know right. predicted. I mean, I think that no one wants to talk about you know what's going wrong <laughs> you know for eight hours or whatever it is. So. Yeah, it, it definitely helps that, you know. What have you saw from a fan's perspective that, you know, just makes you laugh or, or surprises you from an expectation standpoint of maybe what people, how they approach Dale and what they expect in return of what they get? Because, you know, Dale's so down to earth and everything when he's talking with people. Mm -hmm. that I think I just, were you involved in the person that met him in Vegas? No, I had literally. Uh, I saw on Twitter. Yeah, I had, it was Tyler, me, and Dale were walking, and I had literally just said, goodbye to them as they were approaching Kenny uh, with the golf cart at the gate. So I missed all that. But yeah, you see every, like even kids to adults to older folks, you know, whether they were fans of your old father or, you know, just fans of him, you see everything from just near hysteria, you know, and it's, it's crazy to see that, but you see, you see everything or people who have, you'll tell you their story of, I've been trying to get this autograph for years. Forever, I've right? been a fan forever. And, you know, and there'll be times too, like I'll try to, like on race day morning, there'll be people just gathered around the outside of their hauler and you'll say, you guys, he's not in here. He's not going to be in here today. They don't believe me. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, I'm trying to be helpful here. Like, this is the best place. Like there'll even be times when like, I'll be back at the hauler because I forgot something and driver introductions are going on and they're still waiting to see if he's coming out of the yeah. hauler. I'm like, see, hear that cheering going on right now. Like, that's, that's him. At. That's him. He is out there. He is not in here. Like he does not live in this motor or in this, this hauler. hauler. Yeah. But yeah, you see. That's you funny. see everything. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I don't know how he does it. Like there's certain tracks like Talladega where obviously he has a big following where it is a mob around him. Like you just, you hope that people that aren't aware of what's going on don't get swept up in this because well, there's it, been it several get, incidents yeah. of um, kind of stampeding over yeah, people, or trampling the, over people. That's the one thing that I get, like I'll see people shoving little kids and I'm like, oh God, you know, I'll start yelling. I'll be like, you guys, there's kids here. Stop. You know, but I think that the excitement, I think just overwhelmed yeah, some, some folks but well, yeah it's that once in a lifetime opportunity that they're looking at you yeah know. but I don't know how he does it walks and I'm like, I'm trying to be like yeah flashy you know hands or whatever Tyler and I'm like go lead him I'll take the bat you know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so you probably you get to um 
see and, and know about the other Hendrick drivers, who would you say out of Jimmy, Jeff, Casey, and Dale, who do you, from a media and sponsorship situation, who's the busiest? It has to be Dale. Yeah. It has to be Dale. <laughs> Just because, you know, having, you know, junior motorsports yeah. and, you know, the the cup side of things, uh, I definitely would say that he's probably got the most, the most going on. Uh, yeah. So I you're, mean, out, you're out of the office the most. Yeah. <laughs> you're traveling the most. Well, that's what, like, I don't, sometimes the people won't believe me when I'm like, I think this is into December when we, you know, we're wrapping up for the, the Christmas holidays when people are trying to book stuff. I'm like, we're now booking into April. Like, we're not joking around yeah. when I tell you yeah. there is no time, yeah. you know, whether it's like last week we had an NASCAR and NBC shoot. We had a Valvoline shoot. We had an amp shoot. And that's mm-hmm. just on the cup side, let yep. alone what he's got going on, you know, over here at junior motorsports. Like there's, there's yeah. just a lot tugging at his, his time and, and then doing both the cup and Xfinity race this weekend in, in, uh, in Las Vegas, his, his schedule is crazy. Yeah. But, um, I, I mean, I'd have to say it's Dale, hands down. <laughs> yeah, I think last week I saw an email where he answered, and he's like, uh, I'm booked out until May. Yeah. I'm like, gosh, how do we get there already? <laughs> yeah, I know that's what people don't believe me. I'm we like, I'm not, I'm not lying. March. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, this is not a joke. Well, you must be doing a good job because you're still here seven years <laughs> later. So. I hope so. No, The one thing I know about Dale is if he doesn't like something, he <laughs> will change it. it so. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I think Dale and I are very similar. Do you, you I think you guys do this here, the um the MBS where you have your yeah, color. We yeah. Do. Yep. So Dale and I we, you do this uh per, it's a kind of a personality and how you work with each other and it's just this whole test and stuff. We're both blues. I think we're very similar. We're very even. Are your lives almost the same. I, I think we are. I think I've compared notes, but yeah, we're very similar in the sense. I, so I think that's kind of how that helps. we work well. Yeah. Well, in that role, so with the MBS system, you know, blues, he knows how to talk to you. You know how to talk to him because you both want to be talked to that way. Right. Which is exactly. the basic. I'm a red. Yeah. You're a blue. <laughs> I've got to learn about a blue and, yeah. and you've got to learn about a red. And then yeah. we've got to go, oh, I'm talking to a blue. So, yep. so I think that's probably why. So that does make it probably a lot why easier. We, we've managed to work well, you know, over the, you know, we, we kind of, we, uh, we talk when we need to, yeah. you know, or like it'll be just random. Like some, some weekends we won't say a word to each other other than like, here's what you got. This is what you got to do. This is what you need to, you know. And then other weeks it'll just be like, we'll just chitty chat, you know? Yeah. I don't I think we work well. I think, yeah. I think it's probably because we're, we're similar yeah. personalities and we work we work similarly how we want to be worked together. Yeah, if that right. Wait, yeah, you already, you know each other's yeah. types. Cause, so what do you like to do for fun? How much fun time do you get off? <laughs> I know. Uh, it's so funny. Like we have, I have limited weekends off, but it seems like when I do have time off, I travel, which is crazy since we're on the road, uh, you know, 38 weekends. I, I do get about five weekends off a year, which is nice. But yeah, I find you myself spots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send me to a beach and I'm good. Yeah. Well, when you're, I mean, people think, that you travel, so you travel 38 weekends a year, but you're working. At yeah. The, you know, I mean, you might get to go out to eat at a restaurant that you might have your eye on in a certain city, but taking something fun at Vegas, maybe a show, but right. You know, but that's, yeah, that's the thing is like, you not know, a lot to do in Talladega when you right, go to Talladega. Exactly. <laughs> and plus the thing is too, is it's not like you have a, your own personal vehicle that you right. can hop in a car and you're go sharing, do what you cars, you're sharing right. cars with. I've got, um, the five and the 48 PR rep that we, the three of us share you yeah. know, a car and it's three girls having yeah. their own lives and kind of <laughs> wanting to coordinate cars and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, you know, you, you can get out, like we make the best of what we've got, you know, and I think you could go sit in your hotel room all day long, or you can kind of try to go out and explore some areas yeah. when you have time. Like in Talladega last year, two of the guys on the 88 team, they mountain bike and I have a mountain bike too. So we found this mountain biking 
uh, trail. I mean, so stuff like that yeah. is trying to get yeah. out and do stuff like that. And I've gone skeet shooting with Jimmy Johnson's motor coach driver one weekend in Talladega, you know, so it's just finding stuff and hearing what other people are doing. And yeah, you know, like you said, trying to go to Vegas and take in a show, yeah, but do something, I try to do something fun where you can and get out and see different parts. You know, when yeah. you're in Sonoma, try to go to a winery. But sometimes you're just like, I just want to be alone in my room on a Saturday. I'm so tired from traveling. But people seem to be really interested to know just all parts and how everything works. So give me kind of a typical week in Laura's life from Monday to Sunday. Okay. I have Mondays and Thursdays off. That's considered my Lucky day. You. Yeah, my day off. That's your weekend. That's my weekend are Mondays and Thursdays. <laughs> but most, most Mondays, you know, kind of depending on when we get home, like a West Coast is a little bit different. I try to be up by by 9 a.m., which sounds funny, but when you're, like, getting home at 3 in the morning, well, yeah. you're, like, 9 a.m. is... And you're traveling yeah. nonstop. <laughs> um, so I try to get up, and I get out my race report to our partners and, and do, a, you know, just kind of get caught up on emails and what I can so that I can take my Monday off as best I can to get the things that I need to do, whether it's errands and grocery shopping yeah. and stuff like that for the week. And still kind of keeping an... You kind of have to kind of always keep an eye on your email. So I've got that with me, my phone with me at all times. And then Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I'm in the office. Tuesdays are kind of my busiest days. You're getting your... Um, you're prepping for the week ahead. You're getting your race preview out to the to the media that day. And I do conference calls with our, our partners. So uh, we'll have a touch base with, you know, the folks at Diet Mountain Dew and, and Nationwide and, and just do a status call and briefing. So Tuesday is normally my busiest day in the office. And then Wednesday is just, you know, getting odds and ends taken care of and, and kind of just hunkering down and doing what you need to do as far as, you know, any pitching or prepping some more for the weekend. And then Thursdays is my, my other day off and our travel day. So it's a little bit different when we're on the West Coast swing. So we'll leave for Phoenix at about 11 a.m. And, so and not much of a day off. Not much of a day off. <laughs> you spend that airplane. <laughs> when you spend the day on an airplane. But, yeah, but when we get into the typical swing of things, you know, it's normally about a 5 5.15, 5.45 is when we'll leave. So it's just kind of doing whatever, packing. And then our Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the racetrack. And Friday's normally the day we put most of the Dale's Media stuff on there. Uh, Saturdays are tough just because it's nationwide practice, or excuse me, cut practice. And then um, and he's got a lot of debriefings with uh, his crew chief, Greg, and the engineers, and then uh, company-wide Hendrick Motorsports. And then Sunday is, is race day, and we start the morning out uh, with hospitalities. Uh, normally, we've got a couple of those with our with our partners that are there and, you know, meeting their special guests and getting Dale where he needs to go, driver's meeting, driver introductions, and, and the race, you know. So, you know, Twitter's a part of my life now. On uh, You know, it didn't exist five years ago, so it's also maintaining the Hendrick 88 Twitter account as well and doing race updates and and all that good stuff so yeah that's about what my week looks like it, you said in the beginning we, we were talking about traveling and then your Tuesdays and Wednesdays and and being busy obviously you have to still do those things even if you're you know on location somewhere with Dale on a Tuesday or Wednesday if you're traveling you still got that work to do yeah that's um, what I you know I think we all kind of joke about how our our emails are yeah it is so it yeah. is so tough when like I'm the type that I need like my quiet little space to work and do my emails Me and get caught up and you know when you're at the track or when you're traveling you know it is a nice luxury when you're traveling with Dale to have that internet access if you're on the computer and trying to get caught up but it is so difficult sometimes for me when I'm on location or you know if you're at a production day or a media event all day long to get caught up on emails and stuff like that and and I don't work well at the track either when it's it's you're in a deadline room and there's people you know moving around and talking and stuff like that so I uh, could probably be a little more diligent. (laughs) I have the same problem I have this aversion to 
like I look obviously I look at my email on my phone and stuff but if I ha if it's something I have to type back that's I really got to think about and I got to put a lot of information in there I, for some reason I have to get back to my work computer, computer and do it. I it am just, the same way yeah or yeah. I pull out my computer at home yep. it's I can't do it on my iPad or my phone yeah it's the craziest I feel like, thing I feel like I've Grammar, I know it's just yeah. in my mind. <laughs> I know no. the grammar will be all wrong yeah. and it'll be typos and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, I'm the exact same way. For some reason, when I am composing emails and all that, I prefer, unless it's like a quick something back yeah. where you can answer in like a couple, like a sentence or something like that. Yeah. I like being on my computer. Yeah. I don't know if it, what that same is, if it's a generational me. thing or what that is, but I same prefer to do all my, my work and stuff on a computer. Do you have off hours where you, you know, you're like, okay, I'm not working on this I'm not going to answer emails <laughs> it's a skill you have to you know it's, if it's your day off you need to say I, I know there's emails there this is my personal time and if it can wait I need to let it wait yeah. and that is sometimes difficult and I think it's something that you have to learn to do over time but then there's times too where you know you can't plan for something like that like there was something that happened last year it was I was at dinner and I was like why is my phone blowing up and you know, you, you look at it and you're like, oh, geez, you know, Dale had tweeted something that he shouldn't have tweeted. And you're just like, <laughs> you know, yours is your life. You're in the middle yeah. of a dinner. But at the same time, you know, you got to break. You got to take a time out and be like, all right, I've got to handle this. So, yep. you know, it's the, the work life balance can be difficult at times, but I think it's if it can wait, you need to learn to let it wait. Yeah. And I and that's one thing, too, is especially at meals, it is so, like it is so difficult to keep your your phone yeah I, I, I know you want to keep it on the table yeah. you know or you, you want to put it away but the reality yeah. of it is you need to check it yeah it needs know. to be close at yeah. hand yeah. yeah I mean it'll be something as simple as like I'll be like I'll go to get my hair done or, or yeah. get, you know just the things you do in life and you're like and you, you and feel somebody like needs something somebody needs something hour. yeah and you it's it seems to be it's always when you're doing your me time stuff is that at least it's just you job. and it's not you a husband and three kids exactly. like I have I think yesterday Friday morning I was at home and I answered the phone I was waiting on someone to call me back I answered the phone and I happened to be in Wyatt's room and he was going 90 mile an hour and they're like oh, I hear a kid in the background. Is this okay? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you just better get used to that. <laughs> this is life. Like, this yeah. is life for me. So I can sit there and tell, you know, he's only three. So I can sit there and go, mommy's on the phone. Be quiet, be quiet. And he yeah. still wants what he wants. So oh, yeah. I'm like, just keep on going because <laughs> we're not going to get a quiet moment. Well, I appreciate you being with me today. I hope all of our listeners enjoyed it and uh, have a great trip to Phoenix. Thank and, you. Uh, get to stay out there. And yeah, I'm lucky. Phoenix, I get to see Phoenix my parents. It's a beautiful place. Yeah, okay. my parents are in Phoenix. I get two free trips to see my parents in Phoenix, Great. which is nice. And then my older brother lives in <laughs> Southern California. So I get to see him. So that's the perks of coming awesome. out West. Yeah. So nice. Free family visits. Free family visits. <laughs> looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for having me. It was fun. Great. All right. It's time now for our tip of the week brought to you by Wella Professionals. This week, it's the perfect way to create the red carpet look that we see on TV and desire from Hollywood. The tools that you're going to need for this are sectioning clips, a round brush, a flat brush, and a blow dryer. While the hair is wet, prep your hair with Wella Professional Velvet Amplifier Style Primer. I didn't know there, uh, there was a, a product that you had to put on before your other products. So There's so many products after products after products. Which I'm excited <laughs> about because my hair is so thin that it, t it takes an product after product. product. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the Velvet Amplifier is a primer for your hair to use before the other products are applied. It adds smoothness without any hold factor, preparing the hair for all other styling products to work better. You will feel immediately the silky soft and velvet effect on your hair. If they can make my hair feel like velvet, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I have to try this. 
Start blow drying the ends so that the hair feels damp rather than wet using your flat brush. Apply extra volume styling mousse from the roots to the ends evenly. That'll create an indulgent movement to your hair and adds longevity to the style. Continue to blow dry using your flat brush and add volume to the roots. After removing most of the moisture, use the blow dryer and a large round brush to smooth the hair and create lift. Roll the brush to the roots so it overlaps the base of the section to create a large curl. Continue creating the curls section by section all over your head. When the curl in each section is achieved, create barrel curls and secure with clips to the hair in place. Lightly spray with Wella Professional Stay Firm Finishing Spray and let the curls cool off for 10 minutes. Now I've actually done this before and it does work. Really? So you, you just, you, you do the curls like they're talking about and create those barrel curls and then secure those in with a little um, clips. clips. Yeah. Yep, look the, like a little jaw. Yeah. And definitely use the finishing spray and uh, let them cool off before you are ready to take them out. Finally, brush out the barrel curls with your flat brush and push the waves into place around the face. Again, spray lightly with your Wella Professional Stay Firm Finishing Spray. That will magnetize your style in a flawless instant of finish with controlled fixation. You can purchase all of the products mentioned today or any Wella Professionals product at any of the 782 Ulta stores nationwide or purchase online at Ulta.com. All right, thanks again. Thanks for everybody for joining us on Fastlane Family. Fastlane Family has been brought to you by Wella Professional Hair Care, multi-sensorial hair care products that you will see, touch, and sense the difference from your very first wash. Hair care needs from fine to normal to color to coarse, Wella's got you covered. Wella Professional Hair Care products are available at over 780 Ulta stores nationwide. Visit Ulta.com to find the store nearest you. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 